Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up today with Andrew McElwain, CEO of Investigator Resources. We spoke to him last October. Uh, gives us an update on what they've been up to, some of the drilling and the plans for 2021, and certainly some of the deliverables. You want our thoughts on that conversation and uh, some of those uh, things that he talked about today, or indeed the company itself generally. You can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club where you can also find detailed company reports. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. Uh, there are training videos on there to help you with your diligence process. There's also summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you some time. And if you'd like to join a thriving community of quite intelligent uh, investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe environment, free from trolling, abuse, or judgment, you can join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Go and try it. I think you'll like it. Andrew, how are you doing, sir? I'm fine, thanks, Matthew. Good to have you back. We had you on in uh, October. Uh, you told us the story then. Um, how have you been? Been good? Oh, we've certainly been busy since October, but uh, look, great to be back. Um, we were out in the field. We basically worked uh, through the Christmas period apart from a few days. And uh, look, plenty of news flow coming uh, already from uh, Investigator, but uh, certainly leading into the first half of this year. Fantastic, fantastic. And you're going to tell us all about it in a, in a second. But first, give us that one-minute overview of the business for people new to the story, and we'll pick up the story from there. Sure. Look, Investigator is an ASX-listed uh, company, an explorer. Uh, we've reasonably well cashed up now, uh, and I'll go into some detail about that a little bit later. Uh, we have the Paris Silver Project, which uh, the headline is it's the highest-grade silver project in Australia. It sits in central South Australia. Um, viewers can uh, see the locality behind me, um, relatively benign part of the world, but uh, very high-grade uh, silver project. Uh, and moving forward to completion, of a PFS this uh, year. We'll have that done by June and uh, plenty of news flow. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, we, when we talked to you in October, we kind of got into the weeds a bit with regards to the business plan strategy and your, your plans of how to deliver it. There's also a few outliers in there in terms of Tans uh, Tasmania, gold, etc., which are not kind of core focus. So we'll put a link below so people can um, watch that interview. It's quite a good one um, if you want to kind of get into the detail. I want to focus on Paris, okay? Because silver... Not very well known in Australia, very, you know, not very well understood in Australia. So saying the highest grade silver project in, in Australia is, is a, must have been a tough one at the beginning to get people to wrap their heads around. Look, and I think the sort of evolution of the company started 10 or 12 years ago. It was looking for uranium at one stage. To their credit, uh, Greenfield Silver Discovery, uh, which turned out to be Paris, uh, I got involved a couple of years ago when uh, there wasn't the same sort of passion about silver and certainly a little bit of investor fatigue. So we needed to recast the story. Um, and look, our drive at the moment, fortunately, we raised uh, enough money last year. We raised $8 million with our major shareholder stepping up to a 15% position again. And uh, that gave us the, the firepower to be able to drive forward the drill program. Largest uh, drill program conducted in South Australia last year. And uh, We've got something like 26,000 assays to come out of that, probably a third of those we've seen. And we've produced a number of ASX releases uh, already, but there's more to come. So big drill program, better definition of the project. We are very comfortable and confident that we'll see an increase in the resource grade and some more ounces as well. And you've also seen a, a little bump in the, well, 
a reasonable bump in the share process, people started to understand what it is that you're doing and starting to see some of these numbers. Now, you've only processed a third of the assets. Is this, is this COVID restrictions or just the sheer volume of... Uh, oh, no, look, just the sheer volume. Um, you know, we, we were moving something like uh, you know, six tonnes of material by hand to produce these assays. You know, lots of drilling, 20,000 metres of drilling. Um, they're sort of flowing through the laboratory. The beauty for us, actually, uh, the laboratories in Australia are held up with gold assaying because everyone's trying to assay gold. Silver assaying is a different process and uh, not quite as uh, time consuming. And our assays are moving through reasonably quickly. Three to four weeks, we get a turnaround in our assays. Right, so when can we expect to see the uh, bulk of the rest of it? Oh, look, we'll probably have another three. We expect another three announcements in relation to the infill drilling, um, one within the next couple of weeks, and then probably every three weeks after that as we see enough come through. Um, we're not trying to sort of drip feed, but when they're impactful enough and, and obviously when they're uh, market uh, in, compelling enough, We'll put them out. Right. Okay. So you put out all these these high grade, eye catching, headline grabbing uh, numbers, but you know the reality is you, what you're trying to understand is the amount of metal in the ground, right? Uh, trying to you know actually feed information in to get your PFS to understand the economics better. So what are you starting to see? Well, it's interesting. Uh, you'd say eye catching. I actually call them eye watering. Some of these grades have in fact been eye watering. So. Um, and uh, if you know viewers wanted to look at our website and see a couple of our last announcements, I'm going to try and describe this waving my hands around. But where we had two or three, and I'm going to be careful here, but we had two or three holes previously, we've actually filled them in. And what we're finding is that the high grades we had before are generally being consistent and hanging together. And there's a, I suppose, a, an artifact of the way that the resources developed is a high grade doesn't extend far until, in fact, you've got some in between it. Once you've got them in between it, the high grade will have a greater influence. And that's why we're comfortable when we see the grade move up. So this infill drilling is uh, doing what we really wanted it to do, and that's to support the previous expectation of high grade. Um, and we're putting out lines of drilling to try and explain and build the story. But uh, you know, the, the, the pit... Um, which is sort of over my, the other way over my right here there, is going to be a kilometre long, 800 metres wide. So it's a big, big expanse. Um, it's, you know, it's a great great project. Okay. And you've got to get the metallurgy right. You've got to get the recovery right. So, you know, where are you with that understanding? Sure. So, um, look, uh, silver metallurgy is a little bit quirky. It's a little bit uh, more challenging than just cyaniding uh, the gold. Um, and what we did was we took some uh, samples we had from the previous drill program. We've been running a metallurgical program of trying to enhance or seeing how we can enhance the recovery. We're now complementing that with fresh samples straight out of the ground. And uh, we're working on the bits that had lower recovery before and seeing how we can find grind, more aggressively treat those and be able to get those recoveries up because that's money for jam. But so it's where are you at today and where do you think you need to get to in terms of the recovery? Oh, look, I think uh, the average recovery of the project, and that's made up of 65, 75 and 85% in different domains for an average of 75%, um, is, is feasible. Um, if we focus on the lower 65% component, if we can get that to 70, then, as I said before, it's, a, it's an easy win for us, great financial or economic benefit uh, for the project. So we're focusing on that more difficult material at the moment. Um, and... As we are able to present some results from that, we will to the market. 
So how do you compare to other, because before when we spoke, you, you compared yourself to some of the South American, we're starting to compare yourself to some of the South American silver producers. So in terms of, again, on the recovery component, if you can get to that 75 uh, grade, 75% grade, is that, would that be good globally? Oh, absolutely. There's some that do run their whole project at 65%. Um, it's very rare, I shouldn't say very rare. It's unheard of that you get silver recoveries equal to gold. You know, people sweat sometimes in the gold industry if they're getting under 98%. But um, you know, to get something of, of the order of 85 to 90% is really top of, top of the market for, or top of the industry for silver recoveries. Right. And so PFS, you're looking to obviously put out a new resource number and you're also looking to complete the PFS by mid-year. I get, I get with COVID restrictions, borders being closed or restricted it's going to be difficult to be precise with the timing but do you think you're going to be able to hit that mid-year timeline look we're pretty confident um there's we've been very fortunate in south australia that we weren't impacted by COVID at all we were using a south australian based driller they didn't have to you know we took all, all the obvious precautions but uh there were no challenges with shift changes and all that that rolled through uh all of our samples go into perth Perth's not uh, impacted by uh, COVID at this stage. The uh, guy that will redo the resource for us, uh, although he's based in Queensland, is comfortable enough. He's actually, this will be the third time he's done the resource. He knows it well enough. He doesn't need to go to site. So, yeah, look, uh, we're not travel impacted by that at all. Um, the things we're running in parallel, metallurgical resource re-estimation, metallurgical uh, improvements and recovery opportunities, mine design and pit planning, and then we'll do the economics. Each of those are pretty well laid out. So, yeah, mid-year, pretty comfortable. We'll have a resource statement out, we expect, um, by the end of March. Okay, okay, interesting. And I guess one of the things you're probably doing over Christmas is also hunting down some of these options in the money, right? Because that's, that's uh, again, low-hanging fruit for you. Did you get much um, in yeah, look, shareholders never cease to amaze me. And uh, I spent a bit of time between Christmas and New Year going through the white pages. And, and look, I'll tell you a little aside. I, I found a guy who'd forgotten he uh, had actually options and uh, I tracked him down because he'd won a surfing competition and I actually rang the surf club and said, if this you know this guy, tell him to call me. Look, he picked up $35,000 from that call, so I'm his new best friend. But in total, we brought in $7 million. We had uh, 90, over 98% of our uh, 200 million options were exercised. So great outcome. I said, a bit of tracking, running to track a few people down, but uh, all happy campers. They, uh, they exercised options at 3.5 cents. We've traded between 8 and 9 cents since then. Okay, so you got you got to stack a cash in at the moment. The PFS due sort of mid year resource coming out, hopefully around March time. So um, you've got enough cash to get you through to that point. One presumes. So how are you allocating it? Sure. Look, we uh, we'll spend less than two to complete. So we're probably unaudited. We've got over fourteen in the bank now. We'll spend less than two to complete the work uh, up until June. Um, so we've got. In the enviable position for a sort of junior development or, or you know, wannabe development, where you would normally go looking for money after you've completed your PFS to start, we can just, we've got a clear runway, we can move straight into DFS. If we decide in June we have a positive investment decision to move forward, then uh, we'll just keep marching on. Um, or, or do you start doing what we talked about last time, which was you're keen on gold? Are you focused look, or uh, are, you, are you looking at this optionality now? You've got a bit of cash. 
Uh, look, we I think um, it distinguishes us a little bit that we have got the capacity to reach out into some other opportunities. Um, I've been quite open in saying I wanted to bring another project in to investigate and to ensure we'd sort of had some diversification. I've been involved in a couple of one-trick pony companies before where you hang your hat on one thing. And look, the thing about silver is when it runs hard, runs, it runs hard, but it can also come off quickly. So we've got relatively uh, short window in which to capitalise on this. Uh, but we also would like to still be in the gold space as well. And uh, look, I've been, uh, well, I say collectively the company, we've been the losing bidder on a couple of projects and uh, I wish the winners well, but I think uh, they paid, they certainly paid more than I was prepared to. Um, but, you know, we, we're still on the hunt. I'm, I'd be very, very keen to see uh, certainly a high-grade, low-cost uh, gold project in the company, uh, but we'll be, we are being quite judicious about what we get involved in. But you are having conversations, just to be clear. Absolutely, yeah. Right. Um, I've got a team that, ironically, during COVID have been able to sort of run the South Australian uh, side of the operations, which has been the drill program and everything. Uh, The other technical work hasn't really started. And my, apart from managing uh, corporate uh, cash activities, as we talked about, uh, I've certainly been spending some time trawling through other projects. I get the risk mitigation in terms of, you know, single asset companies or single jurisdiction companies. You know, on occasion it can go horribly wrong, um, and you got to mitigate. That's that's your job, right? But what are your shareholders telling you? Having sort of seen the success of you getting focused down on the silver, are they buying into the risk mitigation by seeking out a second asset, gold or otherwise? Oh, look, uh, the investigator is an absolute. Uh I won't say mimic, well, it is a mimic for the silver price, but it's a great opportunity to invest, direct investment into silver. And you look at our share price and the silver price, it's just tracked each other. So um, if you want to be involved in silver, we've got $1.4 billion worth of silver in the ground at the moment in uh, South Australia, so you can get some silver exposure in a hurry. Um, But when we embark on on the, or if we embark on the development of the Paris project, and there's a hiccup for whatever or silver goes off the boil for some reason. Having a second string of bow is very handy. Look, I know that only too well. I, had a, I ran a project uh, offshore, one commodity, one project. And once we started development of that, you were committed. And if you looked elsewhere, people uh, were really questioning what you're about. So I'm being upfront saying we'd like to have some diversification in the company. Right. Okay. Can we talk about the um, some of the, like Tasmania, for instance? Or is there a chance that you'll be offloading some of the other assets in the portfolio? Well, look, I suppose since we last spoke, uh, we have done a joint venture in South Australia with our Stuart Shelf tenements. Uh, so we brought DGO Gold in to uh, pick up those tenements. Um, if people sort of know the story of Investigator, we actually had Oz Minerals drill one of those tenements at the start of 2020. Um, some say it was a technical success. I don't think it was even that. It was a great operating success. We drilled three and a half thousand metres without incident and all the rest. But uh, all we know is a bit more about South Australian rock. Uh, we found nothing else. But um, had that said, there's still some opportunity in the other tenements we had in the district. And DGO have uh, undertaken an earning on those. So, look, it's great. And a little, maybe a little bit of my Scottish background. I love spending other people's money rather than my own. So... Uh, DGO will fund all of that. We may end up, if they're successful, with a smaller part of that pie, but uh, instead it would be no cost to us. So um, That's one thing. We're happy to uh, mitigate the risk. Uh, that is high-risk expiration. 
In Tasmania, we're still looking to reach out a little bit further there and there's some other opportunities. Um, but uh, as I said, and one of the projects I was looking at was the Hinter Gold Mine that was alongside and it was uh, transacted just before Christmas uh, to another company. And I said, um, you know, they paid it more than I was prepared, so good luck to them. But uh, we're, we're, there may still be some exploration opportunity there as well. So we'll, we're, they're well known to us. It's a small cadre here in the in Australia, so uh, we know those guys well. And we'll see maybe there's something else that comes of this. Oh, and it's, we've also been granted some tenements to the west uh, western side of South Australia. We were opportunistic in applying for those tenements. There was a nickel discovery there with western areas. There was some ground available. We picked that up in it. I expect that we'll do a uh, some sort of cooperative deal with someone to uh, to work that on our behalf rather than us focusing. Do you think? Do you see that happening more in this market where you're kind of getting not necessarily mergers or maybe more joint ventures happening? Because there's companies of a certain size. You're over 100 million Aussie at the moment, which was just great news since from when we last spoke. But there's a bunch of companies of your size that just I don't know. It seems like the sum of the parts could be more if you were capable of coming together on projects. Sure. Look, and I think, um, and the dynamic changes a little, as you say. Um, you know, our market market caps ten times what it was uh, this time last year, and when you've got a few shekels in the bank, you can't afford to spend them all on one project. And hence, why our strategy of you know doing earnings and farm outs to some of these uh, larger organisations that've got the balance sheet to carry it. So. Um, I think uh, we're getting to the point where we are. We have enough money. We're going to spend our own money uh, on the first work we do in Tasmania. We'll spend our own money on some other things that we're looking at at the moment. But look, some of these things, uh, some of the some of the pursuits are a bit like the dog chasing the car, and when you catch it, you wonder what you're going to do with it. But um, as I said, it's it's handy to be able to bring others to the table. Um, as I said, um, it, it minimises our risk, minimises our expenditure, but keeps our uh, our toe in the water. Okay, and what do you think people should be looking at? I mean, obviously, you pointed out the, the resource and the PFS, and you've got a bit more cash to then run up towards the DFS. Maybe not everything that you need, but are you looking to accelerate into the DFS? Because, you know, you're saying silver is erratic. The markets article, if it does come off, comes off quick. For all of those reasons, you know, you're not guaranteed to find a gold project. You're not guaranteed to be able to do you know, farm ins, farm outs, JVs, et cetera. But you can deliver Paris, which is your central focus in the time frame, you know, in the time frame that suits you. So what are you thinking in terms of the way you approach it? Uh, look, there's no expectation we'll take our foot off the gas uh, as we as we see the numbers come together in the PFS. Um, unless there's something changes markedly in the world and Look, it's not that I have a filter on my internet, but I get more things come through that telling me the gold and silver price is going up rather than going down. So um, I'm I'm happy to sort of subscribe to uh, to that that view of life. Whatever happens you know, with world politics over the next, whether it be 24 hours or 12 months, uh, I think uh, gold's got a way to run. Um, lots of people I talk to talk about $2,500 US gold. That's the case. Then silver is going to be fifty dollars US, and uh, you know, we've got an absolute cracker of a project. Uh, we do have some additional ground to the east of Paris, which is prospective for silver. Had little work done on it, and uh, you know that's what we're also been doing some spending some time on. And we might be putting some stuff to the market about what we find there in the not too distant future. So now we've um, other things to do in South Australia. Um, you know we're not just 
South Australian focused, but uh, that's where the opportunity lies for us at the moment. Okay. Well, Angela, I appreciate the update in, in coming back on and, and talking to us. Um, I'm, I'm particularly keen to see what these assays tell you. Uh, yeah, the, one of the great attributes of the project is there's few impediments to development. Um, I have uh, lost some skin and got some bruises trying to get a project away uh, on the eastern seaboard in in far less accepting communities than what we see in South Australia. Um, but as a, you can see the topography behind me, uh, it's yeah, it's flat land. It's the, we might have to displace some wild goats, uh, and that's probably about it. There's not a pastoral station within 30 kilometres of us. Uh, the closest community, you know, 90 minutes away. This is not a watershed, or it's, and there's a small area that we recognise has got some heritage significance, and uh, you know we're very conscious of that. Um, but we have a great relationship, great relationship with local community. We have a great relationship with the traditional owners, and uh, and also with the regulators in South Australia. So this project won't be bound up by uh, you know challenges about uh, the things you might see on the eastern seaboard. Good man. Well, okay. Um, I look forward to hearing you deliver on all of those uh, elements over the next, you know, three to six months. Uh, it's been a good year for you last year, so uh, appreciate coming and sharing your story with us today. Oh, look, thank you very much for your time and also for the listeners. But uh, I think maybe we'll circle back when we've uh, restated the resource because, uh, again, that'll be eye-watering. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.